0: A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive through Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. We're taking a deeper look into the supply side of the dairy equation. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. EverEgg Principal Mike North is along with us. Mike, what's at center stage for you right now when it comes to dairy supply?
1: There's a domestic issue that will be long supportive of the dairy markets, and that is milk production. We've curtailed the cow numbers going back all the way to last spring. We have not grown the herd since. We're down uh, about 100,000 cows from where we were a year ago. And we have, as a consequence, shortened available milk supply. And in each of the last four milk production reports, you've seen a lower milk production number relative to the year prior. So that's the big one from a domestic standpoint. But worldwide, we're seeing pressure on milk production all over the place. You've watched as new zealand has struggled with weather and their pastures went from wet to dry and now year over year they're down eight percent in the month of february from where they were the year prior and the year prior we were lower so it's been a story of declining production there and if you go back to you know uh, last august when we expect their production season to be very strong uh, it's completely been turned on its ear and opposite of what we had hoped for europe following the same pattern it has struggled with weather it has struggled with feed and on top of that they've passed a new round of environmental regulations that really squeeze dairymen and the number of cows that are allowed to be on the farm given the current practices. Now we believe over time we can work through that with new technology and things of that nature but for the moment it's keeping the squeeze on the major producers in the EU as well.
0: Yeah zooming back into the U.S. though um, with milk prices as good as they are are you seeing people start to rebuild uh, their herd size
1: it's happening in places and if you look at the last milk production report even though milk production was still down cow numbers started to edge higher and you saw it in places like texas and you saw it in places like even wisconsin um, where we have the infrastructure we have the feed and we have the processor capacity to be able to continue to grow Um, does that mean we're going to see a lot of new greenfield sites not necessarily because we're still working on base programs and quotas and so it's you know within the confines of what we already have but remember a year ago we had 100,000 more cows and all the milk production to go with them so we're growing back into some of the numbers that we had previously had uh, and there's room for that in certain areas now when you go further west it's more difficult to do that they're grossly deficit on water they're as a byproduct they're their deficit on feed and there too when you overlay the environmental squeezes that you're seeing, especially in places like California, it's more difficult to add cows there than it would be in places like Wisconsin or South Dakota or any of these plains areas where we're seeing new processor capacity being built over the next couple of years.
0: Can you underline the severity of what's going on out west? Because we're not there, we don't see it, but you're saying there's farms that aren't going to make it into the summer.
1: Absolutely, and it's all a matter of, of water. Uh, so consider that if we want to drill a well here, um, we go down two, 300 feet, we find water. If you go out to California, you may drill down 3,000 feet to find water. Well, when you buy a well, you pay per foot. And that makes it a very expensive proposition. Uh, You know most wells are going to cost a million dollars or more uh, in that California region now Complicate that further with the fact that their water comes in one of two forms It either comes in snowfall, which they're running about 20 to 35 percent of normal Or it comes with the very few rainstorms that you're going to get that can recharge their reservoirs either one is water that you know you rely on in some sort of storical storable capacity and neither of them have performed very well in the last several months and once we get through about april may the spigot turns off and we don't generally get a chance at water again until october november and so they're going into their dry season now with a fraction of their normal water reserve whether it's in rain or snow and so if i want to chase after groundwater it's expensive if i'm hoping for allocations those are gonna be very difficult to get. And as a consequence, there is just several dairies that are gonna be put to the brink and squeezed out of space. And it it has happened uh, already. Uh, There will be more that are put to that same uh, test as we enter summer.
0: Why should Wisconsin producers care? Does it impact us directly at all or?
1: Absolutely, I mean, the reality of the milk supply chain, if you will, is that we all balance each other out. Right. If you go back a few years ago, there was lots of conversation about Michigan milk coming into Wisconsin to fill the holes in our processing capacity. We see that in all parts of the country. Milk moves west, it moves east, it moves south. We we have milk on semi-trailers moving around to wherever it's needed. And you know, bottom line is, wherever you take milk out of the equation in one part of the country, it needs to be made up for by milk elsewhere. And so it's price supportive to any place else that needs to ship milk into that region. Now, we've been able to balance it so far relatively well, but this ongoing issue will continue to pressure the southwest and over time likely shorten the milk supply, which is price supportive here because as you, you know, demand milk the way we do, which over, you know, the years we basically grow dairy demand by about 1.4% annually. As we continue to grow that demand, we will continue to need more milk. So when you take it away from one place, you have to essentially offset it with milk from someplace else. So it's price supportive even in the Midwest if this is happening in this extreme West.
0: And as we talk about processing, I want to jump into our stocks, butter and cheese uh, looking pretty good.
1: Yeah, and we had some uh, fairly nice builds in our last report. Very big build on cheese. And that kind of speaks to the fact that the vat has been the preferred destination for milk over the course of the last several months. We've built up a lot of inventory on cheese. We're sitting on huge volumes, in fact, record levels for this time of the year. And as we look at butter, while it's not record, if you would take away the big inventories that we started last year with, and just kind of look at the last five to six years, we're not too far out of line with what we'd had in storage in those previous years. The big question we have for butter right now though is with all the cheese being made and the milk moving to the vat, will we in this time of the year when we would ordinarily you know, aggressively build stocks of butter, will we be able to have enough inventory on hand as we get to the fourth quarter? because We essentially build inventories now all the way out through the end of summer and that gets more difficult as you get into summer fat tests go down ice cream's in the churn and there's competing uh products for that fat but you know will we build enough this spring and then a little bit through summer to be able to satisfy q4 and that is a difficult question to answer because of the state of our economy and the questions that you know swirl around it so um We believe there could be a squeeze on butter later in the year, but the buying appetite of the consumer is going to kind of dictate whether or not that's true.
0: That's Mike North, Principal at EverEgg. That's E-V-E-R dot A-G. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.